Welcome into the spring sports season premiere of this week in Lebanon Warrior Sports here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. My name is Jason Griefer. We're happy to be joined once again by Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling. Uh, Keith, good to talk to you again after a very successful uh, winter sports season, continuing off of what you did in the fall and uh, a really strong start into the spring now, but we're looking at kind of the things in the broad perspective right now as far as the conference goes. As we've talked about, this is the first year for Lebanon uh, in the ECC, and here we are going into the spring season, and you're sitting in the in the number one spot as far as the all-sports trophy goes. Pretty exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Just talking to coaches uh, throughout the year and, and different perspectives on on the conference change. Obviously, I've mentioned on here before that I just felt like we uh, we fit in going kind of from the uh, seventh largest school in the G-Walk to now the third largest. So just by default, you're going to probably be more competitive uh, across the board in a lot of sports. But, um, you know, just sport to sport, just the way we compete and um, uh, the new, the, you know, the new uh, conference brings some challenges with not seeing teams before and all those fun things that we're kind of adapting to and uh, talking with coaches, just kind of finding our, our fit, finding our stride, learning uh, which teams do what and who's better at what and how things go and how to even get to the schools and where they play and uh, first time at some of the stadiums and gymnasiums and all that fun stuff. So it's been a fun journey, but yeah, we sit here at the end of uh, winter ahead in the standings for the All Sports Trophy and, um, you know, our uh, we our our uh, spring sports certainly know what's going on, and and uh, they're taking a lot of pride in trying to capture that thing. So it's been fun. Yeah, right now, currently sitting at a lead of about three and a half points over Turpin. Loveland's not far behind Turpin for uh for second place there. So really a three three horse battle thus thus far. But we got to keep things going sure. into the spring season, and we're going to talk about spring sports a lot here today. Obviously, with the season premiere here, but. One other bit of news that just came out within the last week is that Lebanon has a new volleyball coach. A previous coach, Michael Crofton, has moved on. He's now the head coach at Mount Notre Dame. Uh, that was announced about a month ago, and it took you not even really about three weeks' time to find his mm -hmm. successor. And uh, we, we've got Mike Bryant is now the head coach who comes in with a litany of experience, now at the club, mm -hmm. at the high school level. He was part of a, a national champion at the University of Washington on their staff. Uh, a number of years back, uh, kind of take us through the process of so going through going through all the candidates for the coach, the new new coach, and ultimately what sold you on Coach Bryant as being the guy to lead a very successful uh, Lebanon volleyball team. Sure. Well, um, obviously it was a it was a very emotional uh, few weeks after uh, um, Coach Crofton uh, had taken the Mount Notre Dame job and his assistant Susie. Um, the kids just. Um, you know, there was a great relationship there. He really elevated their play. Um, he's in the club scene that a lot of our girls are, are in. So, um, a very emotional time. And we just, um, you know, we were lucky to have, uh, one of our assistant coaches, Karen Miranda is a, a teacher here and, and her daughter's affiliated with the team to kind of help galvanize them and say, you know, this, um, you know, we can create the future and, and, um, somebody's going to want to help, um, uh, continue on and, and push and lead these, uh, girls to the next level. And, and so, um, you know, it was, it was uh, rocky, you know, just trying to keep everybody uh, rowing in the same direction and being excited about the future. And so we started, um, I, I knew we would get some, uh, some serious interest with our recent success. And sure enough, it, it, uh, it's funny how it works out, but coach Bryant has kind of been all over the country 
um, as a professor. So he's uh, bounced around a little bit and something got him here to, to where he's a professor at Xavier uh, University and um, has gotten in the club scene here and uh, just felt it was time to get back involved with leading a program. And uh, lo and behold, he ended up on our doorstep and we had some great conversations. And um, it was kind of as we went through talking with the girls and pe stakeholders in the program that, um, you know, there wasn't we didn't really need anyone to come in and kind of blow things up or or uh, we didn't need to go revert back to anything, you know, kind of elementary. Things were set up to where um, we're competing at a high level. As I mentioned, a lot of our girls are, are playing at a high level in the club scene. And, and so we needed something to continue to to optimize their potential and get the most out of them and train at a really high level. Um, and so these are some things that obviously you saw his experience in, uh, you know, in the Division One and head coach at college level and made a run in the prep uh, scene in Minnesota at a, at a school there. So um, the things he talked about uh, in terms of, of the analytics of the game and, and percentages and numbers and, and things like that is is uh, the level that our kids have been used to and been playing at. So I think it's going to be a smooth transition. I think they're excited. Uh, he's going to be here tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, to meet the girls and, and the families and stuff and get the ball rolling. So we're really excited to kind of keep the keep the momentum going, if you will. How quickly after your first conversations with him did you realize this is probably going to be the guy I'm going to recommend to be the next head coach? Uh, it was, you know, it was it was pretty pretty quick. I think, uh, you know, as anyone would say, you know, one of the things you want to look for is stability in a program. So we had to have, you know, it's good that he's just arriving here and and uh, hopefully here for a long time. Knock on wood, um, yeah. you know, but. Uh, one of those concerns is you, you don't you don't want to uh, there's that fine line between uh, longevity versus uh, you know getting the right fit. You don't want to dismiss um, the potential for someone to not be here in three years um, to to uh, I guess not um, award the best candidate for your kids the opportunity. Right. So, um, so we had some conversations about that. So we're excited about his commitment level and, and where he feels like he's at um, to make this uh, a permanent home for him. So uh, pretty cool deal. As I mentioned, just kind of stars aligned. Um, and uh, we're excited to have him have him here leading the program. And I know he's excited. And as we talked about uh, when the season was going on for volleyball, he's inheriting a very, very good program. So uh, Coach Crofton certainly left left it in a very good spot, and we'll be talking about Coach Bryant uh, as things progress going into the future. Let's move in. Let's start talking about our spring sports because they're already starting to uh, get underway here. And uh, let's start on, on the diamond with your uh, baseball team. This has been a very interesting uh, start to the season. You know, you're you're four and two right now, uh, one and two in league play right now. The two losses came to Turpin, both by three to one score. So. Very interesting how that works out. Turpin has a very good team. Uh, a lot of kids back from a couple of years ago when they made a very deep uh, postseason run. But looking outside the, the league right now in the non-conference, uh, you your team has bludgeoned the four teams they have played thus far in the non-conference, outscoring them by a score of 63-3 to in four games <laughs> thus far. So the, the, bats have, the bats are there for sure. You've just run into a very good pitching staff at, right. at Turpin twice. And a couple of the guys I, I want to make mention of right now, uh, Carson Doyle is hitting 800 to start the year. And I know we're only six games into the year, but that's still ridiculous. Uh, Jordan Kane, 533. Brad Byersdorfer is leading the ECC 
with 10 RBIs. So you've got power and in, in contributions up and down the lineup thus far through the front six games. Uh, at what point did Coach Price know that he had an offense that could put up a lot of runs in a short period of time? Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, we talked throughout the offseason about the pitching staff and uh, having a guy like Connor Smith or Zach Weber who's going to to Ohio and then uh, the young lefty um, Colton who's who's committed to Louisville. It was really talking about our pitching staff um, and hoping that the bats come alive. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, in those non-conference games, they certainly have come alive. Now, um, we, we are a little upset about those two Turpin. We would like to get those games back uh, just, just crossing one uh, in both of those games. But um, yeah. so I think there's still that, although the non-conference has been um, very successful, there's that urgency to get things rolling in conference play. Um, so you only get two chances uh, per team. So uh, we let those Turpin games get by us. And now uh, we got to turn on the Jets for uh, for the ECC games. Well, you beat Winton Woods on Monday by a score of 13 to nothing. You're going to get them again on Wednesday before uh, taking on Anderson twice uh, over the weekend there. What do you make of the way this schedule is coming up? There you go. Yeah, King's coming up air soon as well. So uh, a lot of you're you're getting right into the fire immediately uh, in the ECC Mm -hmm. season. What do you make of the way the schedule is set up to where you're playing the same team twice in a couple of days and then you won't see them again until potentially in the postseason? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I do like how it's set up in terms of pitching and things, but, um, you know, you don't get to pick the uh, the sequence of how you meet guys. It's kind of like that in basketball. We had to we played Turpin, uh, who we ended up sharing the, the league with uh, the first game of the year. And then because of COVID, played them the last game of the year. Uh, and then here you are uh, playing Turpin right out of the gate before you even kind of know. And talking to our coaches in all of our sports, it's interesting because you're looking at sophomores who may have been on JV two years ago, the last time you took the field in any of these sports. Uh, and now they're senior you know, leaders, if you will, uh, in big, tight games like this. And um, you're learning a lot about your team and your young guys really early in this season. So um, it's unfortunate we kind of had to – had to go up against Turpin that quickly, but it is what it is. So, you you know, you don't have time to feel sorry for yourselves. We're going to try to go, you know, get some Winton Woods. You mentioned Anderson and Kings coming up. I mean, it is what it is. Over on the uh, softball side of things, I, I'm, I'm imagining that the girls won't mind seeing Turpin later today, given the fact that they played Turpin a week ago and beat them 20 to nothing. Uh, conference play has been very friendly to you thus far through two games. You won them both, outscored your opponents 31 to nothing. Uh, non-conference, uh, t- tougher results. Whitmer got you 6-2, and then Wayne beat you 8-6. But, you know, you're right there uh, in both games thus far. And uh, and I can't help but look at some of the numbers here. And I know we're only through four games, but some of the numbers here are ridiculous. You know, I mentioned Carson Doyle for the boys hitting 800. Alyssa Langston's one up that she's hitting 875 through four games, mm-hmm. which is theoretically impossible. That's like video game type of stuff. Uh, Rachel Berry, Megan Deem, they're both hitting above 570 thus far. And again, yep. I know it's a small, it's a small sample size, but uh, you know, it's about as good a start as you could ask for there. Is there any one thing that has stood out to you or, or the coaching staff about the way that this team has been able to do such tremendous damage throughout the top, throughout the lineup, top to bottom. Well, um, I think for me, uh, watching them, 
the thing that I noticed is uh, typically you can kind of see on a, on a, a typical softball team, in my opinion, uh, kind of the drop off in the lineup to where maybe yeah. the bottom half, uh, maybe they seem less seasoned or they're younger or maybe uh, it's not their primary sport. Um, so you can kind of tell those, um, you know, those top players in the middle, in the middle and the early part of the lineup and then that drop off. I don't see that with this team, and it's just uh, it's really cool to see that player one through 15 or however many there are that, um, man, they love the game. They look the part. They they play well. They, they you know, they, they're galvanized together, and you know how the girls cheer and stuff on the – I just uh, – it's a great culture, if you will, um, and top to bottom cheering each other on. You couldn't pick out, you know, someone from the lineup and, and you know, kind of guess – what number they were batting. I mean, it's one of those you walk up and you think they're at the top of the order. Or, um, so it's just really cool to see. And actually that's the conversation you mentioned, uh, the Whitmer game and um, they, them dropping two that day. And uh, that's actually where the conversation started with coach Kendall about um, not even knowing who you had or what they were doing or how they were going to, you know, uh, play in a big game. Um, so that was actually very helpful. Uh, he thought was, we took those two L's on opening day, but um, playing some top-notch competition like that, we learned a lot about our team, and um, I think it kind of galvanized the girls, and and uh, they're rocking and rolling now. How impressed were you with that turnaround after dropping those two on opening day, and then come back out two and three days later and beat Turpin Little Miami by a combined thirty-one to nothing? Yeah, they got the bats going, and um, yeah, I'm not sure the pitching rotation or how all that set up, but um, I think Coach figured out a few things there and and how to. Uh, you know, optimize the pitching. So, um, again, it's a, it's a, it's a long journey. Um, and, uh, there's not much time to blink though. I mean, we got multiple games every day. We're moving games around. We got weather and whatever else. And before you know, it, it'll be the end of May. So we're just going to keep grinding through it. Uh, but nevertheless, a good start to, uh, especially league play two and oh right now. And, uh, you know, two shutouts after two league games. That's not, that's nice to see. Uh, as well let's move on and let's move on to the lacrosse field and uh, the girl let's start with the girls first because they're following right in step with the softball team they've won their first two games handily beating Fairfield 20 zip and then beating Carroll uh, by a score of 10 to 6 now we're moving in to league play coming up here you know, Loveland Anderson Walnut uh, thus far to start league play. It's a very veteran-laden roster. You've got seven seniors uh, on this team, you know, getting the chance to get back on the lacrosse field again after we didn't have a season uh, a year ago. How have you seen and how have the coaches seen these seniors carry themselves, not only through the first two games, but leading up to the season where they had basically a year to essentially not have competition? Yeah, Coach Nozick does a great job. They uh, they uh, had the, the the auxiliary gym booked for a long time, and they were in there, um, a lot of them, especially those seniors, um, throughout the offseason, throughout the winter. I know they were really looking forward. Um, as you mentioned, this group, I think, uh, being a newer sport here in Lebanon, um, it's the first year it's sanctioned by the district. But coming up through the club scene, I think uh, you're seeing it more and more um, in the area in general. But there's larger and larger senior classes uh, in lacrosse, and those groups are very close because they kind of, uh, you know, were the groups that started uh, lacrosse in their given community. So this group is uh, very much together and uh, looking forward to the success of this season for sure. 
over on the boys' side. They've got a couple of games under their belts uh, thus far. Uh, dropped the opener 13-4 to to Lakota East. And that, that Lakota East is a very good uh, yeah. team for sure. But a uh, nice bounce back the next day, beating Summit uh, by a score of 11-8. to you know, and, and as we said, as we've talked about here on the on the podcast before, it's the first year in the ECC, still trying to figure things out. You know, obviously, you know, not a lot of familiarity with the other teams uh, in this league thus far on a on a on a regular uh, stage in a regular way, I should say. Uh, how do you see this team competing in the ECC for the very first time this year? You know, it's interesting in talking to coach. I think they're they're kind of uh, a little bit unsure. Um, they've played without having last year. Um, it's been two years, but they have played quite a few of them in the non-conference. Um, so they're they know who the the the, the top programs are, um, but we don't know who we are yet. I think that's the thing. Is coach is saying, you know, if we if we come out and play the way he thinks we can, um, you're looking at you know a different. Uh, result than if uh, if we're not playing our best. So I think he's focused on that. But he knows, um, you know, that east side of Cincinnati uh, has taken to lacrosse much earlier than everybody else, and um, it's going to be some tough competition. So um, they're working hard. They have a, a good non-conference schedule that will prepare them. As you mentioned, playing uh, teams like Lakota East will certainly uh, keep guys focused and engaged and understanding that there's room for improvement. Yeah, looking at some of the non-conference schedule going forward, it looks like we've got Elder on the Elder on the docket coming up this week. As a matter of fact, right. look at like the likes of Sycamore, Lakota West, uh, Beaver Creek, Centerville. So it, it's a lot of really good preparation there, uh, as as far as the uh, the postseason uh, for sure in the long term. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about your uh, let's talk about your tennis team uh, right now. Is they're just getting their season. Uh, going as well uh three three team matches under the belts thus far got their first win on monday beating monroe uh, four to one after tough results against wilmington and a very good uh anderson team anderson uh, what do you uh, is it, we're, get, we're getting now in league play continues against walnut you've got turpin coming up west claremont coming uh in in the in the next week or so as well uh, what are you and the coaching staff wanting to see from the boys as they really start to dive into league play I think just continuous improvement. Um, I haven't been able to watch them yet this year, but I'm, I'm excited to get out there today and see them. Um, I know the Whitaker brothers um, are, are out there, and uh, Kevin Brennan's had a good year so far. So uh, I'm just excited to get out and watch them. Haven't really uh, talked to Coach too much in this young season other than trying to shuffle around some some scheduling changes. So um, I know they're working hard and, and battling the different weather and things and finding different creative ways to stay uh Stay afloat in practice, um, but uh, you know how it goes once they hit the ground running, these seasons go quick. So I think it's just uh, staying on top of your craft and um, grinding through and yeah. continuous improvement. That's all you can ask for and see where you fall at the end of the year. It's a lot of games, a lot of matches, and a lot of meets in a very condensed uh, time frame uh, in the spring sports season. And we're already starting to see that as well with the track and field here as we're moving along here uh, on the show here. And uh, Looking at the way things have going, at least early in the season, you found yourself a star in sophomore Elijah Doster. And I, I need to go through some of the numbers here because these are ridiculous how well he's performed thus far in the year. He's number two in the ECC in the 100 dash, number one in the 200 by more than two tenths of a second. He's number one in the long jump by nearly seven inches. Oh, by the way, you also have some other pretty outstanding athletes as well because you have the top three uh, numbers as far as the long jump goes. 
uh, in the ECC as well. And again, we know it's early in the year. Things are going to shuffle around as we go throughout the year. But And specifically with Elijah and the way he's come out to start the season, could you and Coach Simcoe have asked for a better start from him given how young he is? No, that's what I was going to say. And he and he's just a sophomore after you rattle all that stuff off. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Coach Simcoe, Coach Collier, they're um, – they just create, as we talked about um, in cross country, there's just a, there's a great group of kids and they just create a, this culture of, first of all, they're a joy to be around. They enjoy practicing. Um, the program is just, it's, it's a lot of fun for the kids. You talk about an extracurricular, that's um, just a great to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and then they, they, they push each other towards uh, PRs and improving personally and they, they, they push each other. Uh, so it's really cool to see. And that's, that's where you start generating some of these uh, team results and championships of meets and things like that, that just naturally happen when you're working that hard every day and driving each other uh, towards this. But it, it definitely helps to have some athleticism. But um, on top of that, I think that the competition, the way they practice, um, kudos to them, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of years in the making of, of setting this thing up to uh, kind of run itself, if you will the way they train, the expectations they have on a daily basis, uh, and the types of kids that they have out, out for those programs. How has Elijah handled himself throughout all of the off-season work and now seeing these results come in and now seeing as, as he's getting going that the times and the distances he's putting up all of a sudden makes him a target for everyone else in the league? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'd have to ask Coach, but I do know, you know, he didn't even compete. The last time he competed was in eighth grade. Um, at junior high meets, um, but he did win our student athlete of the week, and I had him had him down to the office. And um, it doesn't seem like the lights are too bright for him. He, you know, he's kind of getting a lot of attention this week, as you can imagine. But um, I said, "Wow, I I didn't realize you had the uh, your your jump was number the longest in the state." And he he was quick to correct me. He said, "Nope, now it's third. So I think he's <laughs> you know he's obviously eyeballing that he's got some work to do uh, and has that competitive drive, but. So I guess some more results came in over the weekend. And um, so he's got something to shoot for, but pretty cool deal to just be a sophomore and be chasing the, the, you know, the long jump uh, state record um, or, you know, number one in the state. So pretty cool, but uh, seems like a great kid. I look forward to getting to know him more. And also the fact that he's not resting on his laurels and not doesn't think of it as just as a cool thing to be up there among those that he wants right. to maintain that number one spot. And also, you know, like I said, the 100, the 200, he's, you know, always got a chance to lower those times uh, as well. And we're going to talk more about some of the, the other the other the other guys on the track and field team because, as we said, also you get the three top guys in the long jump in the ECC right now. So there's more than just Elijah with this very very uh, deep roster there. But right now uh, we are out of time here on uh, the spring sports season premiere. A lot of great stuff already to talk about. We're driving towards that all sports trophy title, and I don't know about you, Keith. The way things are going for me. From what I'm seeing, at least through the first week or two weeks of the spring sports season, we're off to a pretty good start. Absolutely, and you know we'll uh, hey win, lose or draw, we're we're proud to be Warriors. We'll just keep on uh, keep on trucking, and we'll be looking forward to trucking along here on the podcast throughout the spring sports season. That is Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling joining us for the spring sports season premiere of this week in Lebanon Warriors athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.